There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So you probably... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Probably won't believe my story, but here it goes. I was working in a ranger station at a small California state park, looking after the forest. It was late September, meaning the amount of hikers they were dwindling, and it wasn't like the summer where it's a great season for hiking. Yeah, the fall is great because the weather is very nice and mild, and we saw quite a few people through the summer months but fall is when it definitely dwindles. As I said, I was doing what I needed to do, hiking around and patrolling the trails and doing regular ranger stuff, checking on things and making sure stuff was safe. I stopped to eat some lunch in an open field near one part of the park where there were no trees or big rocks, 
so a larger clearing. I sat down and was beginning to eat my favorite, a tuna sandwich, and I literally froze with a bite still in my mouth, stopping chewing, when I see these two dark pits, which were eyes, moving between tree to tree to my right. I just happened to look over in that direction and see something very large watching me. Then I hear branches and twigs snapping, confirming that what I was seeing was really there something very large and heavy moving and trying to evade any sort of sighting by me. Then I could hear deep breaths, almost like a panting or a heavy wheezing noise. After wanting no part to play in whatever this thing was, I got up, put my sandwich in its bag and my pail, and walked back off the trail. However, it had an interest in me. It was following me and was now moving briskly through the trees. I picked up my pace, and that's when everything around me fell quiet. Now it was beginning to feel very uncomfortable, like something could happen. I believe this thing followed me for a couple of miles before finally stopping, as the noises around me returned. To this day, I have no way to account for what it was that I saw, and I don't want to think about it. I've received many strange, bizarre calls as an officer. This is one of them. The call came in as a woman reporting to the police that she had heard and seen a large dog trying to break into her home. She sounded frantic. It told me she saw the creature trying to get in through her door several times before dialing 911. The dispatcher asked if the animal was actually inside her home. She told us no. The dispatcher asked if this thing was trying to get inside her house. She said yes and told the dispatcher that this was a large, vicious dog, larger than any dog she'd ever seen before. This continued on for several minutes until I finally arrived on the scene. I got out of my car and walked towards the house, flashlight in hand and ready for anything. Then I knocked on the front door. I waited several seconds and there was no response. I knocked again, still nothing. So I walked around the back of her home to see if she had gotten out another exit or entrance. I didn't want to break down her door. Maybe she wasn't in danger after all. About halfway up the driveway at the side of her house, I noticed a large missing section of fence that looked to be torn down, leading right off to the woods in the property next door. Then it occurred to me there were also large canine tracks that led over this fence right in the dirt, leading up to the house. As I crouched down, shined my flashlight, and began trying to investigate, I saw something that will haunt me forever. Growling at me from less than 20 feet away was a snarling wolf-like creature, standing on two legs right by the tree line leading off into the woods. This creature lowered its head and growled, and then jumped off quickly into the darkness of the forest. I had my gun drawn and ready, and as this thing disappeared, and I kept my gun focused, Two men appeared on the property whom I did not recognize. They were not fellow officers. They told me they were related to the woman inside. They both had firearms drawn but kept them by their side. I asked them if they knew what was going on. They both looked at me like I had two heads. The one guy said, you don't know. The second man just nodded toward the creature, whispering something. He began to tell me that this home is being attacked by a strange creature the same creature that also attacked his daughter while he was trying to get her home from school just weeks ago. They were kind of like an unofficial band of men who were trying to track down this creature. 
He also informed me they had been tracking this beast for weeks after it killed several livestock in another rural area. I began to inform him about animal control, but he said that they had already done so, and they did not believe us. And then he showed me photos of his wife's injuries after this beast tried to kill her in cold blood. That photo will stay with me. His photo was of his wife laying on an emergency room table, fresh stitches all across her right side, face and neck, and also needing her jaw wired shut due to nearly being bitten off by this thing. Immediately, both men's attention went right towards the woods where this creature disappeared, both drawing the firearm. The one man with the photo began shooting several times, and just then, we could hear the growling. And just there, faintly beyond the light of the house in the darkness, was this creature again. I've been trying to figure out what I was looking at. Werewolves aren't real. What else could this thing be if it's not a werewolf? Was this thing possibly some kind of mutation or maybe some sort of lab experiment? I don't know, but it kind of vanished again in the woods, and things seemed to calm down that night. I took the names and members of the two gentlemen who seemed to want to help, and let me know if there's anything I could share with them to help track down this strange creature. The woman inside the house refused to speak to me, or even come out and acknowledge my presence. I think she was so frightened by what had just happened. Personally, I have no explanations for any of this. I just know that it was a very, very strange call and a very strange night. I was hunting down in Stephenville, Texas during whitetail season. I was up in a tripod overlooking a pasture. Behind me about 50 yards away was a dry riverbed, but you couldn't see it because a dense screen of trees grew along both sides of the riverbed, but you could hike to it and there was another spot I would sometimes hunt on the other side. It was getting late, but there was still a decent amount of light. I had seen absolutely nothing that day, not even critters. So I'm sitting up in my tripod just watching when all of a sudden from behind me in or around the riverbed, I hear the most ungodly shriek howl roar that made my hair stand on end, and I damn well near peed my pants. It continued for about three minutes until it suddenly stopped, and that's about when I decided to call it a night. Ran the whole way back to my vehicle. I didn't see it, and I to this day I still wonder what it was. Didn't sound like a bobcat or coyote in Stephenville isn't exactly known for its big cats or any cryptids. Maybe some of you hunters out there have experienced something similar. I had horses out in the pasture. My two brothers, my sister, and I think one of the boy's friends went out to see the horses. We had 80 acres which butted up to logging property and wilderness. The river was across the dirt road from our property. We went out all the time in the dark, it didn't bother us at all. I rode my horse all over the hills and was never afraid. Well anyway, we went out to find the horses and I had a flashlight I was shining in the field looking for them. I had it at chest height sweeping the field. When I shone it back across the flat part of the field towards the river I saw two orange glowing eyes looking at me. I didn't hear anything at all. It didn't move. There are no trees in that part of the field and whatever it was, was taller than me. I have never been so afraid in my life. All the hair stood up on my body and I felt weak. Never have I felt that way and I have been in the woods all my life.
I knew whatever it was, I was not supposed to be there. As I watched the strange thing was it closed its left eye and turned its head to the right. This was strange to me because I thought an animal would just turn its head out of the light, and that would mean it's right I would leave you first. Anyway, I still did not hear anything as I turned around and started running for the house. I tried to get everyone in, but they would not come all the way into the house. I, on the other hand, did not go out at night again for a long time. Another time when we were hunting in, say, 2004 around Green Peter, I was walking behind my husband and in the mud I saw a track. I stopped and looked at it and looked again. I was kind of embarrassed to say anything, but I know in my heart it was a Bigfoot track. It had all the toes and the big toe was prominent. The back was kind of messed up because it was on a slope, but I know it was one. I wish I would have taken a picture of it. I wish I had not been embarrassed to say anything. My husband's family was camping in a houseboat on Lake Shasta when he was young. Him and his grandpa got up early to fish, and they looked up on a hill in a clear cut and saw a black thing stand up and walk across the clear cut. Both my husband and his grandpa recall it. I don't know the year, but it must have been about 26 years ago. His grandpa told me the story and swears it was not a bear. Well, I hope I see another one. I hope it is not up close, but I want to prove to myself that it is real. I'm in the Navy and about 12 years ago, I was standing watch in a submarine engine room. We were underway, can't for the life of me remember where to, from, or just making circles. It was the mid-watch and I sat down to catch up on some logs. That's when I heard a woman's voice and felt the hairs on my neck stand straight up. No women on subs then I got up, looked around and found the other watches shooting the shit or doing their daily tasks. I thought maybe I had dozed off and dreamt it. I sat back down and heard it again, and it sounded like it was coming from outside the hatch I was sitting under. I said F this shit out loud and went to just be around the other guys on watch. I still get chills thinking about it, even now. I was a U.S. Army infantryman deployed to Afghanistan in 26-2007 on the Pakistan border. I spent the majority of my nighttime deployment sitting outside of the FOB and mounted OPS because the CO thought if we did this then, the enemy wouldn't move at night. Which was ridiculous because nothing happens at night over there. Seriously, they don't have street lights or electricity, so unless it's a full moon you could trip into a wadi and break your neck. But anyway. So I spend 16 months over there taking turns sitting in the turret of the truck staring out into darkness, one eye seeing green from NODS and the other seeing nothing from the pitch black. I got very accustomed to viewing the world this way, and if anything moved my eyes would pick it up instantly. Most of the time it was dogs or sheep or whatever so no big deal. So eight months in, I lose one of my best friends to a landmine, one of the shittiest days of my life. Us being infantry, we got about two hours back at the FOB to try to comprehend what just happened before the CO sends us back out on patrol, yay. So I'm sitting there in the turret staring out into the darkness, as usual thinking about the things that had just gone down. So obviously my mind isn't in the best place. Regardless, as I am staring out into the darkness my non-night vision, I catches some movement off to my right, 
and I distinctly see the silhouette of a person. This person is moving around the outside of our perimeter, and I figuratively shit my pants since this hasn't happened at all during my time there. So naturally I snap my head towards the movement to get a good picture of this person with my night vision to attempt to figure out what kind of crazy local villager is trying to get shot. Nothing is there. Creepy as F. So I figure I'm just stressed from losing my friend and calm myself down and settle back in for the rest of guard duty. So I go back to looking straight ahead and sure as shit as soon as my eyes get back to 12 o'clock, I see movement again out of my peripheral. Figurative pants shitting happens again. Again nothing is there through night vision. Still creepy as F. So at this point I've about had it with this crazy country and being shot at and all that stuff so I think to myself. Okay F it let's see what happens. So I turn my head back to 12 and watch out of my peripheral vision and I distinctly remember the shape of a person walking around the outside of our perimeter. I can only see this dark figure when I'm not looking directly at it, but like I said at this point I have no FS left to give, so I sit and watch. As I sit and watch I get the feeling that I know the figure who is patrolling our perimeter, and I am filled with the thought that is was my buddy who we had just lost earlier that day. Creepy instantly turned to comforting and I sat and watched the movement as long as I could. I still to the day believe it was him, so that's my story. I used to hike a park near my house, had been hanging out there for years. One time I was walking the main trail when I noticed an opening in the brush leading to an area I had never been before. I love exploring so I of course decided to check it out. I was walking around for a while when I noticed a fairly large bone in the leaves. I wasn't too concerned as we lived in a very ethnic neighborhood and I just assumed it was a cow or pig bone that someone had left from butchering. But then I noticed the very human-looking pelvic bone laying close by. I stood there for a moment sort of comparing my pelvis to the one on the ground before getting my knife out and getting the F out of there. I called the police and led them to the bones and they agreed that the remains were human, although they theorized it was probably a homeless person. Grew up playing in the woods behind our house, cross-country skiing and snowmobiling in the winter, ice skating on the pond. There were no other houses up there, occasionally a snowmobile would pass through, but not often. One summer when I was a bit older, 15 maybe, went up there to ride my friend's dirt bike. There were some jumps up at the top of a cliff that we would take turns hitting. So I'm riding on the back up through the woods, and as we are passing the pond there is a tent. I say WTF and tell my friend to stop. I get off to investigate while he stays on the bike, but shuts it off. I was approaching the tent from the back and the window was open, and I see the tent is full of clothes, food, liquor, beer. Of course I'm rattling off all of this to my friend when I happen to look up and see that there is someone sitting in the doorway of the tent with their back to me. They haven't moved and are just facing forward with their back to me, which is odd because clearly they heard me. At this point I turn around and start waving to my friend and mouthing, let's get out of here, as if I can somehow sneak away now. Finally the guy says very calmly, come around. I stopped in my tracks and looked back, he's still not facing me and he says it again, come around. 
At this point, my friend is starting the dirt bike and he yells, what did you say? The response again is just, come around. I jump on the back of the bike and we tear out of there up to the top of the cliff. There is a dirt access road up to the top as there is a water tower up there, but it's a pretty rough road so we assume this dude isn't gonna drive up there. We stop the bike and head over to the edge of the cliff to see if this guy is following us. Sure enough, he comes walking out of the woods from the same trail we came out on. He then proceeds to walk over towards some bushes and starts pulling branches down to reveal a gray truck that he had hidden. After uncovering the truck, he opens a box in the back and pulls out a rifle or a shotgun, then walks around and gets in the driver's side and starts hauling ass up the road. We take off running, I just run into the woods, my friend is screaming at me to get on the bike, but I tell him to just go and I keep running off into the woods. The truck comes to the top and stops by the water tower. I'm a good distance into the woods, but I can see the wheels of the truck and I hear the guy get out and start walking around. At this point, I'm scared shitless, but just trying not to make any noise. It seems like forever, but he finally gets in his truck and drives off. So I start running through the woods again, away from the way we came. I eventually come out to a big field. There is a house at the other end of the field, and I know the people who live there. I really don't want to go back through the woods to get home, so I figure maybe they can give me a ride. So I'm walking through the field, and I see a gray truck driving up the road at the other side of the field. There are round hay bales scattered around the field, so I duck behind one of those and peer out to see the truck is stopped, just sitting there. Now what? So I make my way back towards the woods, keeping the hay bale between me and the truck. Eventually, he just drives off. I eventually make it to the house at the edge of the field, tell them what happened, of course they will give me a ride, and they are calling the police. Police go up and check it out. The tent is there, but no one is there. They tell my parents that they don't know who it was, but that someone had skipped out at the local halfway house, and they hadn't seen him in about a week, he drives a gray truck. A week or so later, my friend comes by on his dirt bike and says there are a bunch of state cops up by the pond, so we ride over there to see what's up. The tent has been burned and a bunch of other stuff was still smoldering. Never found out if they ever found the guy or not. Back in August 26, I was 20 years old and working in a deli near my house. While I also attended a community college nearby, I remember it was a warm summer night and I was working till close, which was 7 p.m. and at the time it was around 6.30 p.m. The only two people left in the deli were my boss and I. I remember I was stocking drinks in the cooler towards the back of the store when I heard the front door open so naturally I looked and it was a guy I had never seen before. And working at the same deli for eight plus years, you tend to remember people. And so I figured he might have been from out of town. He had red hair and it almost looked like an afro, which I thought was strange. He walks back towards me and he goes into the cooler and grabs a peach snapple. And soon as he walked past me, the smell hit me. So I motioned to my boss and pinched my nose and he and I had a brief chuckle before I started walking to the front to ring the guy up. I get to the counter and soon as I looked up at this guy, I felt my stomach drop. His eyes were black and he had pale skin and this blank stare. 
It's hard to explain, but I felt as if he was looking through me and not at me. I asked him if he needed a bag and I got no response. He paid for the Snapple and walked outside of the deli and then stood at the front of the store. So we closed up the store at 7 and we started cleaning up and 7.30 comes around and I look and this guy is still standing at the front of the store leaning up against the glass. He was so strange that my boss thought he was staking out the place waiting for us to leave. But technically he was a paying customer, so we couldn't tell him to leave just for being weird. So we shut the lights off and were walking out when my boss turns to the guy and says, Hey, I don't mind you hanging out here, but please don't lean on the glass. The guy turns to him and doesn't say a word, he just smashes the Snapple bottle on the ground at my boss's feet. And my boss at the time was a big guy. I'm talking about 6 foot, 380 pounds and covered in tattoos. So my boss gets in his face and says, What the F is wrong with you, dude? Now you're going to clean that shit up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. The guy stares back at him again, not saying a word, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself... This guy is either insane or has the largest testicles on earth. Then after a few seconds, he turns away and gets in his car and drives off. I go back inside and get a broom, and I swept it up and we called it a night. Wasn't the first time we had someone high come into the store. The next morning, I woke up and put the news on, and the first thing I see is that guy's face. Turns out the same night, he stopped by our deli. He murdered and dismembered his neighbor right down the street from the deli. 
The cops caught him pulling up into his parents' driveway the next morning with the women's severed head in his trunk. To this day, I wonder whether or not he committed the murder before or after he came to the deli. I don't remember seeing any blood on him, but then again, I wasn't really looking for any. Well, I've spent many years on the ocean, sailed from SF, Sia to Sydney, Australia, on a 30-feet sailboat. I've seen plenty of amazing and intense things like storms, lightning hitting the water, supermassive pods of dolphins, giant whales surfacing next to and following the boat in the middle of the night, etc. But by far the strangest, most perplexing thing I've seen is what I call the chessboard. Calm seas, middle of the night, I'm on watch looking out on the water, and I start to notice some flashing happening around the boat. Now, the water was very bioluminescent, and he was used to a certain amount of organic-type shapes, trails, etc., which can be spooky enough when a huge fish or mammal swims towards your tiny boat and swims under at the last second, then turns around and does it again, but this was totally different. Different color of light, much whiter and brighter, and the shapes were very square geometrical, seemed to be very near the surface. Anyhow, started off with three or four squares. Each square was, I'd say, 12 by 12. Then more and more appeared, forming into a chessboard-type pattern. The chessboard stretched out as far as I could see in the night. They'd all come on for a while, then alternate lit squares. Change into random patterns like they were communicating. This went on for ten minutes, then everything went dark at the same time. I would so love to know what that was. Former submarine sonarman here. No windows, so it falls outside the creepy things I've seen requisite. More of a creepy thing we heard. I was stationed on the west coast. Whenever we would transit near a particular Californian city within a specific area, we would hear over the headphones the something that started off sounding like a woman screaming and ended sounding like bullfrogs on a hot summer night. None of the sonar techs up through our chief knew what to make of it. We chalked it up to just being a merfrog and carried on. It was around 4 a.m. and I had finished a movie on the couch with my husband, but he fell asleep. Once it ended, I went to the door to have a cigarette before bed. We lived in a basement apartment and our door was ground level at the rear of the house facing south with a small backyard about 15-20 feet deep with three large trees lining the edge backing onto bush and swamp. When I opened our big door and looked out the screen door which had glass at the top and a screen at the bottom, I typically open the screen door a bit and set the bar to hold it and stick half of my body outside to have a cigarette. As soon as I set the bar and looked up, I immediately noticed three large glowing lights hovering at the very top of those three trees. Two white ones were in the two left trees and one red one in the tree on the right. I was taken off guard a bit and figured it was a reflection from the stove or microwave, so I concluded that if I moved or blocked the light, the light would go away. I ran into my bedroom, which had a huge picture window right next to the door I was poking out of. If it was truly a reflection, I'd see nothing in a dark room. So I peeked out of the blinds, and there they were. I was blown away, so I ran back out into the living room and looked again. 
For some reason, I cannot understand why I didn't wake my husband to show him. It was like I was in a state of shock or like everything around me froze and I forgot about him. This time when I looked out the door, it was still open a little bit. I stuck my head out and all of a sudden I had this overwhelming feeling of being exposed. And just as I jumped to shut the door in fear, I could make out multiple beings walking around in the backyard with two of them coming towards me at the door. But the way they moved was strange, like in one place one second then another the next. I freaked and slammed both doors shut and ran to grab my video camera and ran into my bedroom to record. When I looked out I could still see them. It scared me so much I couldn't handle the thought of opening the blinds, so I set my camera up and stuck it in the blinds. By this time it was probably around 4.35 am and I was wide awake in a state of panic in a half-seated position at the edge of the middle of my bed. The bed was against the wall with a large picture window spanning the entire bed holding the camera in the blinds recording and taking the odd terrifying peek when all of a sudden I'm waking up and it's sunny out. Only then I realized I was sitting or half falling off the end of my bed very awkwardly and the camera was on top of my dresser. I grabbed it immediately to review the footage. The first two playbacks were nothing and the third was only 30 seconds of blackness. I was devastated. Then it was like reality snapped back in and I looked up and it was 7.30 in the morning. For your information, I cannot just fall asleep sitting up or not in a bed laying down comfortably. So the odds that I just passed out are highly unfavorable because it has not happened since. I barreled out of the room to tell my husband and I couldn't speak fast enough. I was in a total moment of panic and anxiety. The first thing he asked is why I did not wake him, and to this day I'm so mad I didn't but I can't figure out why. I remember looking right at him laying there sleeping when I first saw the objects, then it was like time around me was frozen. I was still in real time. Before that experience my husband and our, at the time, three years old daughter would see strange lights moving erratically, always flashing white and red in inconsistent patterns. We live under a flight path and are used to seeing planes and small water planes or helicopters pass over, but these flew much differently and very low also typically sighted and remained in the same area. After the experience, the sightings got more intense. Walking the dog, I would spot a large light or craft that would seem to stalk me. My husband would often notice lights following him while driving home from work. I'd go out into my driveway to see the stars with my daughter and end up always having a sighting. One night I put out the garbage and a red light about twice the size of a yoga ball hovering above the middle of the road very low. I looked directly at it and yelled, go away, quite a few times and returned inside. After that, we would rarely see them and were never stalked again. Though I do fear and I'm almost certain we are still visited, since over the past year I've had a few very strange vivid dreams that almost seem like memories of being on board a craft with my husband. Tons of other humans gathered in a large room with multiple entities, some larger ones in robes at the front watching, and others walking around. One female entity comes over and takes my husband by the hand and escorted him to a private room to briefly cover it. I am aware there are no answers to these strange events, but I'm more concerned about finding out if there were any related sightings or experiences in my area around that time and about my story being documented for research, etc.
I almost forgot to mention the area of trees that the UFOs were hovering and seemed to be affected as the top of the trees died exactly within the top of it. This occurred in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. I'm a dive master in the Gulf of Mexico. I was dragging our anchor out of, of the sand and away from the wreck when I noticed a small object out in the sand. I swim up to it, and it was a dive slate covered in barnacles. I'm thinking, F yay, free dive gear, as I make my ascent. So I'm topside. Customers are all settled and talking up their dives, so I decide to check out my new toy. This dive slate was a bit different from others I've seen. It had a wrist strap and has these flip-up slates, so it has three pages. It had a build-up of barnacles, so I took out my knife to shuck some of them off. After I was satisfied the front was clean, I opened it to the second page on it, in just a faint bit of graphite. It said, Help. This story is 100% true. That means there may be some typos, and it may not be as fantastic as some things you read. But it scared two armed guys who have experience in the woods. My friend and I used to hunt in Ocala National. I would drive us into the forest with all our stuff, and then we would hike for miles. We would look for signs of wildlife like deer rubs, scrapes, tracks, and poop. We often came across signs of coyotes and bears as well. Often, we would start our hike in the morning, get back in the car and go get lunch, then return around 1 p.m. and hike until dark. This time we went in late, like 2 or 3 p.m. I really wanted to check out an area where a controlled burn is just now regrowing its vegetation. Deer paths are a bit easier to follow through those hogs bed down in the muddy parts, and it's a perfect spot to set up a stand since it's a wide open area. This area was about two miles in and another half mile down an old logging trail. Took about two hours to get there. We don't walk loudly or quickly because as it's soft sand on the road and we look for tracks. Sometimes follow a trail. Now it's not incredibly desolate. There is a hard clay road we driving on. I drove my BMW 740IL and my Infiniti G37XS in. Easy. The roads we usually follow on foot are only accessible by a lifted 4x4. But it's clear from the ruts that they are used at least a few times a week. Plus, no matter how far we go in, we find beer cans and bullet casings and signs of a fire. Usually when we arrive in the morning, there are a few trucks with dog cages parked on the side. The good old boys run dogs through the sectors, so we try to avoid those areas. The dogs aren't cute puppies, they're mean and drag wild hogs down by their ears, so best to avoid them. And their owners, they're usually good guys, but I'd rather not run into them when they're hunting. Anyway, we went in deeper than usual this time hoping to get away from all those dogs and noise, and to check out that burned patch that was just starting to grow again. We saw much of the ordinary. Deer and coyote tracks, we also saw some bear tracks, big ones and little ones, both cool and bad. The only black bear I don't want to see is a mama bear with her cubs. They get very aggressive, so we reach the burn field and see a whole lot of nothing. We sit for a while and have a snack to see if anything comes through. 
After about an hour, we decided to explore a small, seemingly fresh trail, then head out, like pushing brush out of the way kind of trail. We found the remains of a very old tree stand down the trail, and a beer can that was still shiny, and a pair of underwear that didn't look real old. We thought that was kind of funny. Some dude got drunk and shit himself or something hunting deer. Oh, I should mention we are armed to the teeth. Both of us have an AR-15 and a sidearm with extra magazines plus hunting knives. Am a decent shot. My friend is an NR instructor. Anyway, we totally mistimed our walk out, and it got dark while we were still deep in the forest. There was only a sliver of moon, so it was dark. Luckily, I brought my flashlight, and I had a light mounted on my gun. The trails are marked by ribbons on trees and can be hard to spot at night. I know that because we took a wrong turn. It's around 10-11 p.m. at this point, and we are still walking and came to a crossroad we didn't recognize, and we realized we had been walking for 30 minutes down the wrong trail. So instead of taking the trail heading west, we just decided to backtrack. You can't really know which direction the trail leads in the forest. On the way back, we started hearing sounds. We figured it was rabbits or squirrels. No problem. So we continue and the sounds clearly become the movement of one animal. So we turn out lights out thinking it's a deer or hog and stop walking. We wait for the sounds to get closer. I slowly realize that this doesn't sound like something moving on four legs. But sometimes deer can do that. They step with two legs at a time when they are trying to be quiet. The sounds suddenly stop. Deer must have smelled us but it felt like it stopped close by, so I turned my light on and panned around. Now remember, this trail is barely wide enough for us to stand next to each other. So it's just forest on both sides and you can't see far in. I shine around and see nothing and hear nothing. We wait a minute, then give up and keep walking. Another 20, 30 minutes go by and we start hearing rustling again. This time it's something really moving. Not tiptoeing around, we figure it's a group of hogs, which made us a little nervous. Those things can suddenly surround you without you even realizing. But it clearly sounded like it was on our right. Also, small animals sound like bears when it's dark and quiet. Much louder than you would think. We stop on the trail to let whatever is coming pass over the trail in front of us. As soon as the rustling gets near the trail, I turn my rifle light and my friend shines the flashlight directly down the trail in front of us. About 30 yards in front of us, we just see a pair of white legs cross the trail and disappear into the woods. Okay, now we are freaked out. They looked human. And it's another 45 minutes of walking to get to the 4x4 only road. Then 10-15 minutes until we reach the car. And it all starts with walk straight ahead, where the thing crossed the trail. We definitely were weirded out, but both of us were armed and ready so we just kept going. Not much else to do. Not to mention it's midnight and we are tired. We hear the noises once more off in the distance, but it never came closer. We reach the car and usually we like to hang out for a while, check out the stars and talk. But we both had a gut feeling to just get in the car and go. We kept our guns loaded and hopped in the front seats. Remember, I am driving a normal sedan, not some off-road vehicle, so I have to take it easy turning around and leaving. I can't speed down this road. 
It's hard clay, but rain creates divots, ruts, and mud. Well, I go not even a quarter mile down the road, and I have to swerve around a deep rut. My headlights fall onto a guy standing there about ten feet from the woods. No trail or road going in. He is in a farmer's shirt and shorts. No backpack, gun, hat, flashlights, or anything I could see. He didn't wave at us like he was lost. Just standing there. He didn't look at us while we passed him, but he started slowly walking down the road as we went by. This is not an area where anyone has cabins for many, many miles, nor is there any civilization for a good ten miles. This guy had no reason to be there. Is this guy what we saw cross our path? How would he trample through the woods for miles? This brush is not like the pinewood forests of the northeast. It's thick scrub with nettles and palmetto bushes that cut you in snakes and ticks and all kinds of bullshit. I wouldn't walk through it in a long-sleeve hoodie and jeans and boots, let alone a short-sleeve t-shirt and shorts. And why the F was he following us? Did we stumble upon this guy's hangout spot when we found a fresh beer can and underwear? We did not call FWC or the police. I don't know why. I guess we just did not want to deal with them. Plus, they would be suspicious of us being out in the woods that late. We both were certain we saw human legs cross the trail. But it seemed so unlikely we decided we were seeing shit. Then we see this guy standing in the pitch dark with no moon and no flashlight. What? If it's true that this crazy F was stomping through thick brush, he had been close enough to us that if he charged he definitely could have tackled one of us before we could react. That is the weirdest thing that has happened to me in Ocala National Forest. I am not scared to go back. Typically, wherever the dogs run is a safe area. They scare off anything that would hurt you, including people. But I would rather not walk for hours in the pitch dark, just hoping our flashlights didn't run out of battery. We had our phones turned off to save battery in case we had to make an emergency call. If we even had service, at least we could use it as an emergency flashlight. Feel free to ask questions. I may have misremembered some parts. I wrote this at different times throughout my day, so there may be some parts that don't line up. It'll fill in those gaps tomorrow. It's 3.30 a.m. now, and I don't want to edit on mobile. Thanks for reading. I spent 28 years in the U.S. Navy, almost all on aircraft carriers. I've witnessed some awesome things at sea bioluminescence, for one. But the creepiest was probably one of my deployments to the Persian Gulf, early 2000s. We sailed through acres and acres of dead sheep. Apparently, one of the big ships that hauls sheep up to the Emirates from Australia had a big die-off, and they simply dumped all the carcasses over the side. There had to be thousands of them. Aside from that, another time in the Gulf, we frequently saw huge balls of sea snakes. It is creepy as F. I was fishing in a pond about 15 miles from town. It was late in the evening, and it was brewing up a rainstorm. I was with my cousin, who was a couple of years younger than I. I was under tree near the lake, and I kept seeing something shiny across the lake. If I tried very hard, I could cast across the pond. I was aware of the lightning and thunder. It was a rough storm with plenty of lightning. 
I noticed that the shiny spots were large and an equal distance apart. I could see the beings better when the lightning made everything bright. I kept looking for a while until I realized what they were. There were more than I saw, I am sure, because they were all walking a path across from me. It is rather bushy on that side, except for a trail that comes over the hill. We had parked about half mile from the lake because of a fence. It was easier to walk than go around. After I noticed they were real, I called out to my cousin who had walked off a little ways. They kept looking at me then at him, their eyes still shining. Their eyes were big and round and had slight oriental slant to them. They were short and skinny, long arms, big heads, but not long heads, but large. I called to my cousin and told him what I was looking at. He came running and we picked up what we could and ran up to the truck. When we got to the truck, we looked back and could see more of them, but we were too scared to look for long. We rushed off and decided not to tell anyone. Now that I am older, I worry about my grandkids. This is a private lake and is used by few people. I have no pics. We did not carry cell phones at the time. Since they have been here for years, I don't think they are destructive to us, but they could be.